Welcome to Connected. I'm your host, Rudy J. Today, I am speaking with Amanda and Roberto. Together, they are the conscious couple. They help singles and couples create real fulfilling relationships by mastering sovereignty, which is your ability to rule and govern yourself independent of others' approval or validation. They argue that without sovereignty, people will never have a truly fulfilling relationship. What sets them apart as coaches in this field is that they understand how the unconscious mind works and how to create permanent lasting change. They go beyond basic awareness and work with the unconscious to clear limiting beliefs at a cellular level. They truly believe and practice that this work is so important to each and every one of us because the quality of our life is determined by the quality of our relationships. So this was an amazing first episode to kick off this new series, this connected series that I'm launching on the podcast. So we talk about their relationship. We talk about their struggles. We talk about what got them into the work that they're doing today, some of their own blocks and challenges that they had to face. And then we also discuss some of the more common uh, relationship setbacks or blocks that they work with on a regular basis and some patterns that they tend to see in more than one person. So this is a great conversation. They were so gracious, so open, and they actually turned a couple questions on me, which is a very first. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Let's get these guys onto the show. Welcome to the podcast, our very first one here, Connected. Uh, We're going to jump right in and give the listeners a little insight as to what you do and how this is separate from who you are. Mm, Really, really good question. Um, So what we do is we're relationship coaches And we really specialize in teaching our clients to master a concept called sovereignty. And we would argue that it is impossible to have a fulfilling, thriving relationship without the single trait. Now, the actual definition means a self-ruled and governed state. But in our model of the world, it's your ability to rule and govern yourself independent of anyone else's approval or validation. Mm. Um, And when two people are in relationship and they've really begun mastering this one concept, you're actually showing up exactly as you are. Um, And without that, you can't really have a thriving relationship. So Mm. that's what we do is we help people, uh, singles and couples master that. And how is that separate from who we are? To be honest, that's not really separate from who we are. (laughs) That is who we are, which we feel very blessed that who we are is so tied in to what we do. Um, I think it's one of the reasons why we're like so passionate and so good at it. Yeah, absolutely. It's like the, um, at least for me growing up, there was always this kind of um, you know, people always ask like, what is it you're going to, what is it you're going to do when you grow up? And I was like, I have to think that far ahead. Like, I don't understand why, (laughs) why is that being asked to me when I'm four years old? Um, but I always felt that, um, I guess other, other ways of work just didn't fit for me. I I knew that I I needed to do something that was self-governing ironically. Right. Like I was Mm -hmm. like, and not that I didn't like having a supervisor or a structure, but I just knew that I wanted to grow so quickly outside of it. And doing this work, doing our own inner work really led us to be able to do this work for other people. 
Um, we certainly have both had really um, intense experiences over our life, as, as everyone has, right? But we've had experiences that have really tested our sovereignty. And one of the greatest um, values that Roberto and I both share is uh, freedom of expression. Mm-hmm. Like full, full freedom of expression and really being in your integrity to fully share all of who you are um, without apology. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And do you find there's a a thread or a common sort of theme that appears in the clients and the people that you work with? Like, are there a few or, you know, that you find are really um, prevalent with people? Yeah, actually, well, truly, like the one that we see a lot of is that um, desire to claim their voice, to speak mm. their truth, but feeling like they can't, um, really wanting to speak their truth authentically, but feeling like, Oh, but will, will I hurt someone if I say it like that? Or like, am I too much? Or like, am I not enough that like feeling of, do I have anything worth sharing is what mm. I actually feel really worth anyone listening to? Or do, should I really even ask for that need to be met? Like, am I, am I too much to ask for that? Um, and that tends to be one of the, one of the few things that we see very frequently with our, with our clients, with our students. Um, is there anything else, Roberto, you want to add? I, I was literally going to say exactly what you just said. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a big one. Honestly, we've seen that theme showing up quite a bit, especially recently. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And it kind of sounds like it threads into that stepping into your power and when you can be your authentic and your free, full self you almost as a byproduct lose that questioning, right? That like, am I allowed? Am I entitled to this? Do I, but then also I feel like there's another part of it that when you are so fulfilled, maybe you don't look to your partner or to someone else to, to provide that for you or to complete you in that way. Mm -hmm. Totally, totally. And that's, that's the challenge and the problem when you don't have sovereignty right? Because without Mm. sovereignty, there's typically some level of codependence. Mm. And codependence typically takes your worth, your needs, your desires, and puts it in the hands of other people, which means that you are in the relationship to gain your worth. You're Mm. with them because they validate your worthiness, Um, which it's funny because that is almost like the opposite of unconditional love because there's a condition on that. It's like, I'm giving you my love. I'm showing up in this relationship because you prove to me that I am a worthy person versus when you're able to really give that to yourself and really love yourself, you fill your own cup. You don't need anyone else to love you, to prove anything to you. And from that sovereign place, you're actually loving someone for who they are, mm-hmm. not for what you are hoping or feeling they need to give to you. Yeah. That's big. <laughs> so you mentioned um you both had experiences in your lives, of course, that have led you to do the work that you're doing now. What would you say is your biggest moment of wreckage to wisdom? That's a really cool question. <laughs> Package to wisdom. I'll have to, I'm going to borrow that. I mean, oh, amazing. <laughs> um, there's obviously been many, um, but the one that stands out the most um, is I uh, was married at one point previously. 
And uh, there was a big part of that relationship where I was terrified to express myself. Mm-hmm. And the thing about truth, when you suppress your truth, it will find a way to be expressed, yeah. either in a healthy way or a destructive, unhealthy way. And when we continue to suppress it, eventually it'll show up. And for me, how it showed up is it showed up in infidelity. I cheated, you know, multiple times on my wife, on my partner. You know, we had a kid, we were married. Uh, On the outside looking in, we had a really awesome life and relationship. Uh, But over time, there just came a point where the guilt of doing what I had done was just eating away at me. And although I had made the decision to never do that again, it was, it felt like it was killing me, the idea that I was pretending to be in my integrity. And so one day, the moment from wreckage to wisdom was, it was August 31st of 2017, where I decided to tell her everything. I told Mm -hmm. her all the mistakes I had made, told her, you know, that I had cheated on her, who I had done it with. And to this day, it's one of the hardest decisions I'd ever made. Um, It was one of the most painful things I'd ever gone through. You know, we tried to make it work. And then that led to the the end of our relationship. And for a long time, I blamed myself for the death of my family. Right. Mm -hmm. And the beauty in that moment, though, was that before I had told her what I had done, I was living through the lens of her perception, meaning if she saw me as a good man, a good person, I was good. But I knew the truth. I knew that I wasn't living in my integrity. So by me coming clean and really sharing what I had done, it was like a moment of ownership. It was a moment of me saying like, you know, I accept me enough. I know what I did was wrong, but I'm done pretending I'm this man that I haven't been and I'm ready to claim that man. I'm ready to become the man of integrity that I've always known I could be. And it started with this moment of honestly, like radical honesty that led to a lot of pain. But from that moment on, like I'm so like my integrity is the most important thing to me. And it's the biggest reason why I am where I am in life, why I am so happy, why we have one of the big reasons why I've been able to attract this incredible, loving, authentic, powerful, inspiring relationship with this goddess of a woman next to me. (laughs) Because I've learned how to be in my integrity in spite of how other people perceive me. It was like one of my honestly most proud moments. Mm. How about you, Ben? Oh, wow. Yeah, from wreckage to wisdom. Um, I feel like there were like, <laughs> I don't know if I have a single moment because it was almost like there were several years combined that felt like a lot of wreckage. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, I was, I was in some pretty toxic relationships, like back to back, like, you know, thinking I was getting out of one only to find myself in the next kind of like out of one frying pan into the other. And, um, you know, working in a job that in my mind, I had connected the dots that, Oh, if I, you know, very linearly, like if I do this, then I can get this opportunity. And if I get that opportunity, I can then have this opportunity and trying to like map out my future 
um, in a very linear fashion, very like almost with like, you know, horse blinders on like, okay, it looks like this. This is the only way it can work. Um, and because I had that kind of focus, um, and, and stubbornness and honestly, I, 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 I bypassed myself so much. I gaslit myself. Um, I, I was attracting a toxic relationship because I had such a toxic relationship with myself and my worth and with, you know, my achievements being my worth with the ways, yeah, the ways that things looked being my worth. And, um, to the point where, you know, working out and, and bodies breaking down, like, you know, relationships are breaking down. Things are clearly forcefully, um, like, you know, being forced and they're not working, but I'm just going to force a little bit harder and control a little bit harder. And that should fix that. Mm. (laughs) And obviously that, that never was the solution and never, I don't believe ever is. And it really took a moment of, um, of really like the willingness to, to look at myself honestly, um, in my messiness and to recognize like that there is purpose in this pain, even if I don't understand it now. Um, but that I needed to honestly look at the pain. Like I couldn't pretend it wasn't there. I couldn't, bypass it. I couldn't let somebody else's opinion of what I was going to do next influence it. And so finally I had to leave my job. I, um, chose a completely different career path. I also went into like personal training and yoga. And that was one of the most profound choices that I ever made, because I think that was probably one of, if not the first time I ever actually listened to my gut instinct Mm -hmm. and went after the thing that, you know, despite or in spite of no evidence around me, I was like, I'm going to make this decision to go and, and honor myself, honor what my heart's truth says. And it was a year of learning how to reconnect with myself, truly like mind, body, spirit. So that was the wisdom that I gained in actually fully letting myself hit that, that like rock bottom and making a choice to go a different direction. Mm, There's something you said that was so powerful that you were bypassing yourself. You were gaslighting yourself. And I'm sitting here like, woof, you know, we often place that blame and that role on somebody else. We often say, you know, they tricked me. They made me feel a certain way. They are the reason I, you know, X, Y, and Z. But I think that is so important to just be aware, right? You, you were saying you were so disconnected from yourself. You couldn't even see how you were harming yourself or, you know, telling yourself stories that were not true, but that you let yourself believe. Absolutely. And like that keyword of it's like, I let myself believe that. And mm. if I let myself believe that my own my own innate body's wisdom, you know, my heart's wisdom, my soul's wisdom, my gut wisdom, all these, these beautiful, um, truly like natural forms of wisdom that show up to guide us. Like that, this wisdom was like, because it wasn't founded in anything, mm-hmm. like there was no evidence of something. It was just a feeling. I was like, well, uh, I, I guess like, I'll just listen to this person with who has more conviction than me. Mm. And I learned like, you know, there was a point where I was learning that, you know, confidence is a beautiful thing, but sometimes people have confidence just because they have conviction. Mm. And because I had no conviction in my truth, 
I was willing to let anybody's truth become my truth. I was willing to, um, I was allowing myself to be gaslit because I was gaslighting myself because I wasn't actually honoring the wisdom that was coming through. And so that was such a huge um, learning lesson because I, I blamed, like, you know, I blamed a lot of people for a long time about, you know, the ways that they showed up and that, you know, they, they lied to me or that like they, you know, pulled the wool over my eyes, so to speak. And I'm like, no, these were situations I, I willingly walked into having a feeling, knowing that it didn't feel good and then continued to bypass myself anyways. And then felt anger towards other people because it was honestly anger towards myself. Mm -hmm. And do you guys have a, a practice or a mantra or a phrase or something that you return to maybe when you are feeling like you're being pulled out of your intuition or yourself? Is there something that you do to continue to cultivate that connection with yourself? Yeah, really, really good question. Um, I, for myself, I wouldn't say that there's a specific mantra but there's definitely some consistent rituals and habits that we do uh, very regularly to ensure that we are uh, putting our relationship with ourselves um, at the forefront, right? Um, because like any, like, for example, even our relationship, our romantic relationship, like our goal is to pour energy into it, right? Consistently, you know, like growing together is a very deliberate and intentional process. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, people think that the relationship with themselves is different. It's not. You want to grow with yourself. You want to develop sovereignty within yourself. You've got to put in work and time <laughs> and consistency <laughs> into that beautiful relationship with you. It's like your number one priority. Yeah. That's the first thing you got to do before even considering getting into a relationship with another person. Otherwise, you'll lose yourself in the relationship. <laughs> and so for myself, um, I have a really consistent morning routine where when I wake up, the first thing I do is I start listening to an audio book and I get myself in my body. I'll do a workout. Maybe I'll do some like manual therapy on a, on a tune up ball. And then uh, immediately after I'll meditate anywhere from like 15 to like 40 minutes. And I meditate because I want to spend quality time with me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to spend quality time with someone. I'm going to sit down with them and I'm going to listen to what they have to say. I'm going to get really curious about them. I'm going to ask them questions. And so meditation is my way of just sitting in silence and being with myself and setting time aside to really hear where I'm at and mm -hmm. notice where I'm at without judgment. And after I meditate, I do a journaling practice. And then once I've done those things, then I put my attention and focus into my family, into the people outside of me. And once I know that my family's taken care of, then we focus on our clients and then our audience. And that's mm -hmm. those have been the practices that have been so transformational. And the key has been doing it consistently. Mm -hmm. That's been really helpful for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think um like that's and I you know, I listen to that, I'm like, that's such a yang. <laughs> perspective, right and for me and like I, I i adopt also those same habits but i guess like more of a yin answer is kind of like when i think about um my relationship with the universe with god with nature you know like for for nine months when we are in the womb like there is nothing that anyone has to you know intentionally do right like 
nature is taking its course. Nature is, is, is constructing the entire physical vessel, um, all of the different aspects of the self that are going to allow for that mental, emotional, spiritual experience, right? It's like an entire, um, surrender to God, faith in God to take care of it. And once we're born, there's this like assumption that suddenly we have to be in such control Mm -hmm. (laughs) of everything. Um, and there's definitely a balance with that, but ultimately I remind myself that in those moments where I get those intuitive feelings or when something's a message is coming through, it's, it's reminding myself that there's an innate nature that built me and that innate nature isn't poof gone. Like that nature exists still. And I am always connected to that nature. Like I'm in the Tantra, I'm in the, the, um, the weaving and the looming, like cycles of that nature in all times. And it's like, the more that I connect to that nature, the easier that those messages become. And if, um, if everything ended for you tomorrow, what is one thing you would regret not doing? And then on the other side of that, what's one thing you'd currently be proud of leaving behind? One thing I would regret not doing, there's not many things, but I would say <laughs> um, having a baby with Amanda. <laughs> sure. That's mm. like the first thing that came to mind. That's the thing I would regret not doing. And then the thing that I'd be proud to leave behind, there's a few things I would say my son, you know, like so mm. proud of the young man that he is. And on, and then the other thing is like, honestly, every single person we've had the honor of serving every mm. single person relationship, you know, we've had, I've had the gift of experiencing and witnessing and adding value to and serving. Um, I'd be so incredibly proud. I'd be so incredibly proud to like, like I often sometimes will like imagine my own funeral and I will like move my, I'll feel moved to tears thinking about all the amazing people that chose to show up because of the positive impact I had on their life. Um, and so, yeah, I would say like, I guess to sum up the thing, it's relationships. I'd be so proud of the beautiful relationships I've created because I've put a lot of time and effort into creating as many amazing relationships as possible because we really believe the quality of your life is determined by the quality of your relationships. And I'm really proud of that. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I kind of interpreted the question very differently than you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, what would I regret? I mean, I feel like there's nothing I would regret. Ironically, there are things that I want to do in this lifetime, but I feel like if I died tomorrow, I, I have such an interesting relationship with death. Like I just, I, I don't fear death. Um, I, mm-hmm. I certainly fear pain. I think that I'm a very human, like honestly, I have a human fear of death in the sense that like, of course I want to preserve myself. Of course I want to live. Um, I also see death as like probably a very peaceful experience. And, mm-hmm. um, I don't think that in, like, I think that in being, being uh in a different plane in a different dimension of consciousness like i don't think regret would even exist there for me i think i would just be like well i will have another chance in another lifetime to fulfill whatever i did not fulfill and i'm grateful for what i received in this life um but yeah i think that's probably like the 
most honest answer I can give. Of course, like there's things again, like I want to do, like I want to travel. I want to move somewhere warm and tropical. Like I want to expand our family. I want to have tremendous influence in the world. Like there's so many things I want to do, but I don't think that any of them would bear any regret for Mm -hmm. me. Cause I think that I live, I do my best to live every day with, with presence and does it look like that every day? No, (laughs) but like, but like that's the intention. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. And then, uh, the second question, can you repeat the second question again, Rudy? Yeah. What's one thing you'd be proud of leaving behind? Oh, wow. That's it. It's like, I'd be proud of, of leaving behind all the stories that I have spent so much time and energy and effort and unconditional presence and love for myself to give myself the patience to really overcome them and to like release all of the intergenerational crap that mm-hmm. I chose, like truly willingly chose in this life to be like, okay, I'll do it. Like mm-hmm. I will, I'll take it on. Like I know that I can, um, that I can do that. And not, not from like a, like I've been really sitting with this word sacrifice and what sacrifice means to me. And it's like, you know, when I think of like the way that sacrifice has been portrayed in our society over, over time, it's very, um, very much like a martyr, mm-hmm. martyr choice, but I'm really, um, I'm really sitting with like the sacredness of sacrifice, like mm-hmm. the sacred choice that we make, wow. um, that, that ultimately, um, is, is if there's no, there's no loss in it, there's only gain. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, yeah, that, that that would probably be what I'd feel really good about leaving behind is like being like, I, I know that I have had purpose on this planet, whether I have X amount of followers or do a TED talk (laughs) or write a book. Like it's like Mm -hmm. the influence is there. It's happened. It'll continue to happen long after I'm gone. Um, Mm -hmm. And that excites me because then it feels like the pressure's off. Like I'm like, I can just now like enjoy the ride knowing that it's all going to keep showing up. Mm -hmm. Very powerful. And I've had, um, personally a lot of vision, um, along this idea of, of breaking patterns and, um, cycles in my family and family before me. And I always see myself kind of holding up this torch and, and I've, I think I've just known this for a long time that like, I'm not going to do things the way that other people are going to do them. My path is going to look very different. And I like what you said that, you know, it isn't a sacrifice. It's like, okay, I am here to break some of, some of this. I'm here to shake it up. And I like that you said, it's okay if it, you know, doesn't manifest as like a book or a TED talk in this lifetime, but knowing that that break in, you know, a pattern or a cycle, or even just the, the, the desire and the willingness to open up that box and like go there is what's going to be felt, um, Mm -hmm. for others to come. Right. So it's like, I'm going to now pass my torch on. It's not about, I got to be the one to like do it all. I'm going to, I'm going to open it up. And, um, yeah, I, I, I enjoy that. (laughs) I appreciate that. (laughs) Um, what is one lie that you believed about yourself for too long? <laughs> mm, one lie. Um, that my expression leads to pain. 
and others. Uh, that was a, a story that I told myself for a long time mm-hmm. because uh, when I was younger, I was about 10 years old, and it was a grade six graduation day. And this is what I believe was the root of the story. I could be wrong. I have a feeling it probably like showed up way earlier than that. But like that was, you know, the, the one I remember vividly. It's the day of my grade six graduation. Everyone is wearing a suit. And similar to you, Rudy, I'm like, I don't want to do what everyone else does. <laughs> I just want to do my own thing. And like, you know, growing up, like we never really had money. And I knew we didn't have the money to afford to buy a suit. So I tell my mom, and I'm like, yo, I want to wear this dope Spider-Man shirt. You just got me. <laughs> because one, it's a dope-ass Spider-Man shirt. And two, like, I don't want to wear what everyone else is wearing. I want to stand out. Right? And she was furious. She was It was just like the first, one of the first times in my life where I was like, no, mom, I'm not going to just do what you ask. This is my graduation. I want to do this. And she was furious. Right? Uh, to the point that she didn't show up at my graduation. Neither did my dad. The two people, like really the two only people in my life really at that time didn't show up. Mm-hmm. And I won this student of the year award. Right? So <laughs> this 10 year old wearing this dope Spider-Man shirt. I could not care. Like I, I do not care at all that I'm the only person not wearing a suit. I felt so proud of that fact. Mm-hmm. And I go home and I'm like, like she's going to be so proud of me. She's going to like, like probably even regret not being there, but like, that's okay. I just want to celebrate this with her. I come home, I share this trophy, and she kicks me out of the house. Mm. All right. So young Roberto was like, uh, hold up. When you share your truth, that leads to abandonment. Mm. That leads to pain. And so for a long time, I lived my life through the lens of how I thought other people wanted me to be. Mm. And it took a lot of work, a lot of intention um, to break that. Cause now I realize, and like this, this is like the truth for myself that I really believe this applies to everybody. But the new story is that, um, our expression is a gift for everybody. Mm-hmm. My expression isn't even really for me. It's for you. It's for your audience. It's for my family, for my clients. Like there's things that are, there are aspects of my expression that are for me, but it's not really for me. And when I stand in my truth, it gives everyone else the opportunity to stand in theirs Mm -hmm. so i'm really it's it's so ironic right like this this massive part of my pain has played such a pivotal role in my journey because in what we do as coaches we honestly teach people how to express themselves fully and truthfully without holding back without the fear of judgment Mm -hmm. Uh, when i've experienced that fear for so long so yeah, that was the lie for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's story. Such a such an intense story. <laughs> um, a lie that I believed for too long. <sighs> I mean, I feel like there were many. Like it's honestly kind of hard to choose. Like it's hard to choose, but it's like um, there were so many ways that I lived my life out of the lens of other people. Um, you know, I thought that I was not smart enough. Like I thought I needed a bunch of degrees to do something of of influence. I didn't think I had any power. I thought that I needed, um, you know, to look a certain way. I thought that I needed to, uh, die to go to heaven. Like I thought that like, you know, I thought I had to leave my body to be spiritual. Like there's so many different things that I have 
even just in the recent year, really just like it's starting to really land differently. Um, but I think one of the big ones that I'm really, that's really alive for me right now is around parenthood and it's around doing things the way that everyone else has. And, um, being with Roberto, like, you know, Roberto, um, having his son from his previous marriage, like that was an opportunity for me to connect to my own desires for motherhood. I actually didn't really allow myself to have that desire for a long time because I I think that for me, it was really about a fear of replicating the pain from my childhood. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't want to do that to anybody else. So it felt safer in some way to not want motherhood, not want children because I didn't want to put my child through anything that I'd ever been through. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like the second layer on that was like, Oh, but even if I do do my intergenerational trauma work, like what if I can't protect them from their trauma? And it's like, I had to really let go of, again, that control of the outcome, like, mm-hmm. you know, that control of being like, I have to withhold what I want. I have to withhold my expression, my heart, my truth, because it's for the best of everyone. It's like, absolutely not. Like, I don't gain anything in being the martyr. I don't gain anything in trying to control everything. Um, I gain pain. (laughs) And like that pain, you know, again, may serve a purpose, but there's also an easier way. And I think that that ease is really what I'm... um, allowing to show up in parenthood is, is going like, what if this got to be fun and easy instead? And what mm-hmm. if I just got to do this differently intuitively? Like what my gut tells me is like, you know, that thing, like, that super strict bedtime rule doesn't really matter right now. That super strict eat your vegetables rule doesn't really matter right now. Like <laughs> just like mm-hmm. in time, like these things will be learned, but you don't, everything doesn't have to be perfect every single time that we teach it. So that feels really liberating too to let that go. And our last question here. So I truly believe and do my best to operate from a place of connection and connectedness. And this shows up so often in my work and in my life. So I'm, I'm curious, how would you guys define connection? Hmm. Like your questions, because they really <laughs> make me think. They're big I, ones. I love good questions. <laughs> what? How would I define connection? I believe connection happens when and is when you express yourself, you share your truth with another, and they accept you and really see you and really hear you and then through your expression and the acceptance of your expression you feel connected to another person and in some way you feel a little more connected to yourself Mm. like there was like a repetition evidence saying you know what when i'm me that leads to good things that leads to amazing relationships and it just gives you more permission to really be yourself. So I guess if, if I were to do like, what does connection mean to me? It's the, it's the, it's what happens when you give yourself permission to be yourself in the presence of others mm. who love you for you. Mm. Well, that's it. Mm. Connection to me. Um, there's that quote that's like, 
the universe is waking up to the experience of itself, experiencing itself. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. But it's ultimately that connection is kind of inherent in our existence. It's not, it's so hard to define because it's like defining God, defining the universe, defining nature. It's, it's just the, it's a, an essence that I think brings, um, you know, joining the space between like A and B, you know, the space between myself and you, the space between myself and my heart or my inner truth. And it's taking what is unknown and unfamiliar and creating familiarity and possibility. Mm. And it's the ability to see the, the sameness, the mirror that exists within all things. Um, and sometimes those connections are small and sometimes they're so grand. And, uh, I think it's like, when I think of one of my greatest values in life, I think connection is up there. Like it, it's definitely an aspect of my, my purpose. Um, I think it's an aspect of humanity's purpose is to connect, to come together, to learn and grow as a unit as through unity through come unity mm-hmm. um and that connection is you know again it's like the atom you know at the atomic level but then also at the universal level it is all it's all of everything oh mm-hmm. it's such it's such a huge question mm-hmm. <laughs> it's everything mm-hmm. yeah. mm. And where can the listeners go to connect <laughs> with you both after the episode? Yeah, so anyone listening can check us out. Check us uh, our website out, which is theconsciouscouple.ca. Um, you can check us out on TikTok at the Conscious Couple, or if you want to see our individual profiles on Instagram, <laughs> I'm Real Roberto Paez, and I'm Amanda Rasam. Yeah. Amazing. Well, we have like a couple minutes. Is there anything else you guys wanted to share or close with or anything at all? Um, I'm more like really curious, Rudy, like how would you define connection? Yeah. Mm. Oh, big one. <laughs> um, so connection for me, as you guys were saying, it, it truly is the undercurrent of everything that I do. And um, it keeps me in alignment with the bigger purpose. So understanding that while I am of the energy of the universe and all that there is, um, it is also bigger than me. So when I'm in that moment of like, why is this feeling off or why can't I make this decision or why is this relationship not working or this friendship or this project? Um, there's, there's been a disconnect. And for me, you know, when I make myself, you know, not small, but when I'm my banging my head against the wall, um, I'm understanding that I am moving from a place that is more limited than tapping into the greater, um, undercurrent of that connection. So whether that, you know, is me and my creativity or me and my work or me in a conversation with someone cultivating presence, where am I moving from? And I kind of always come back to that. And because I feel so deeply connected, um, naturally, the more I'm finding, the more I sit with it and, you know, explore and have these amazing connections with people and friendships and relationships that it really just brings me to a place where 
I don't think that I could be disconnected if I wanted to be, you know, you get to this place and you're like, like I said at the beginning, like connection is my superpower. And whether that's a conversation or, you know, a podcast episode or a piece of writing, you know, it's, it's there and it's inherent. And I just, I, I, the point of all of this is just to tap into that and make sure that, you know, we're all, we're all moving from that place. And the more we can, honestly, I think it can be the world's superpower because we're not separate. Everything we do is connected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful answer. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. I don't think anyone's ever spun my question on me. <laughs> <laughs> we like to do things differently. I, I know. I love it. <laughs> well, thank you two so much for this conversation, for your insights, for just being so open and yeah, and taking that time with us today. Thank you. Thank you truly, Rudy. Like this is such a beautiful opportunity and for you to so graciously share your space with us. Like Mm. we're so appreciative. An honor honor to serve. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm sure our paths will cross in the fear in the near future. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Bye guys. All right. That wraps up our episode with the conscious couple, Amanda and Roberto. Thank you so much for tuning in, for joining the conversation. If you want to dive a little deeper into any of the offerings, all of the links will be listed in the show notes. If you want to reach out to us on Instagram, the handles are there. If you want to ask questions, if you want us to talk about something else, let me know, send me an email, reach out. We would love to keep this conversation going. Again, thank you for joining and we will see you next time.